0: supporters
1: hello and welcome to another edition of the cpl news from Michel, christian jack as usual alongside charlie O'Connor, clark on this week's show we recap a week in all four games this week and by the way after the away wins finally drew level last week that's right it was 26 26 home wins pull away emphatically as we have four games all won by four home teams this past week the results Vala 2 Cavalry nil from Wednesday and Moses die braced in the seventh and the 72nd Forge one Halifax nil from Saturday Wubens passius again in the second minute was all it took for that to be decided Atletico Ottawa 2 FC Edmondson one a balu braced two goals coming in six minute period in the second half um uh, Toby Tobywalshewski getting a little bit of a uh, a good goal in the end but not enough for FC Edmondson from a free kick five minutes from time and Vala completed a great week by defeating your in the come on match of the week on Sunday, Sean Ray and Billy Forbes. Uh, Charlie, it feels real. Alfonso Davis is back playing for <laughs> Bayern. Jonathan David is smashing in goals. Azorios performing well in Nashville. And uh, the Canadian team are getting all the highlights around the world. And we're getting lots of action in the CPL. How are you, my man? Good weekend.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. There was. Only games involving Canadians this weekend and no other football clubs in the world.
1: Yeah, we're not, we're not talking about our club and their inability to defend set pieces from Bournemouth. That will be all we'll mention.
2: No. <laughs> anyway, it was a great weekend. Home wins are back on the menu. Uh, Valor's back, apparently, which they is fun. Are. Uh, so there's a a lot to talk about here I think. And we
1: are expected to be joined later by Philip DeSantis from Valor who gets the two wins this week Mm -hmm. and are making a push for that big four, (laughs) that top four in the playoffs as well. Uh, We start the show though at the top of the table where Forge have accomplished a lot in their short history but never before have they won six games in a row. Certainly coming into this weekend they've never done that. But having entered August with a five game win streak with 16 goals in the process, a chance at history was on the line in the sweltering heat against Halifax Wanderers. We'll roll the highlights. Uh, I was there on Saturday for this one, and it looked like it was going to be a very long day for the Wanderers. This corner came in literally the second minute of the match, swung in by Tristan Borges, and again, the hottest man right now in the Canadian Premier League, Wubens Passius, with a great header there in the second minute, the earliest goal Forge have ever scored in a match, and as I said, it looked like going to be a very long day for Halifax who came in in miserable form obviously after getting beat last week at home to York United um, and when this one, in, Charlie, I'm sure that you're watching a little bit thinking the same thing, <laughs> but credit Halifax. They dug deep. They actually created better chances in this game than Forge did. They had some great opportunities. This is probably the best one that felt to thump in one way in the first half, but they had other chances. Zach Fernandez was good in this game, a good matchup with uh, with Ashton Morgan in this one. In the end, though, they just, again, for Halifax, just couldn't take the chances and couldn't score the goal, Charlie.
2: Yeah, it's the same kind of story that they've had for most of this year, but i Do you think that this game, as you mentioned, is kind of a credit to both of these teams? But the way that it went down again, we see Halifax score so early or sorry, Forge score so early in this game. And, you know, you can you can see maybe in the body language of some Halifax players. That's a moment that could really be uh, genuinely a moment that could kind of be curtains for the season, really. Right. Right? If you if you come into this game, you concede early and then you just collapse and you know concede two or three more to Forge, as many teams have, including Halifax this year. Uh, that can be kind of the the deflating moment that really turns a frustrating season into (laughs) kind of a catastrophic one ultimately. But to their credit, I think that they kind of responded from that quite well. They didn't panic after conceding. They kind of knew it was early enough that if they stayed in their shape, stayed in the sort of defensive structure they wanted to play with, those opportunities might still present themselves to attack on the counter or get in behind, right? When you concede that early in a game, you don't need to go out and immediately chase it. And I think that it was it was smart of them. I don't think we've actually seen Halifax play quite that sort of defensive structure this year with the the back five. I think they might be you know the the last team in a CPL to try out a back five this year. Right, I think right. maybe every other team has tried it at least once. Uh, so that was interesting, and I think that they actually did quite well. They weren't particularly aggressive in their pressing. They gave a lot of space to Forge, but they were looking for those little opportunities to counterattack and again the the finishing and the the capitalizing on those those more dangerous chances wasn't there, but there were positive signs in in the way that they responded to going down.
1: They had a game plan, right? Like they had, Ta- yeah. you know, Tabby and Fernandez to get forward when they could. You look at the team on paper and you think not a lot of creativity coming from that midfield uh, trio mm-hmm. of Lamoth, Ramper and Polisi. But they're there to work. They're there to make sure that they're not going to be embarrassed. They're there to con- cover enough ground, and they did all of that. And they they took it to forge. It has to be said. I use the word sweltering. It was. I was there. It was it's unbelievably hot, hot. Uh, incredibly <laughs> hot. I was there two weeks earlier. We're talking to a lot of players. Um, for the game against Valor. I think this one was just a tick hotter, even hotter. Um, So every credit, no mascot race this time in the incredible heat that they had last time in the enormous heat. Uh, But there was a race to the top and Forge continued to win that one. Uh, 622 attempted passes from Forge. very defensively. So we'll get more into them in a second. But as we alluded to, Halifax stuck in and they dug deep and they probably were the better team in the second half. Here's the reaction of their boss after this one is Stephen
0: Hart when you play forward you you know that they're going to they're going to move the ball they they're clean on the ball they they make clever little runs um, in and around the the, the penalty box I, I thought we we dealt with all that fairly well you know uh, they hit the post uh, with with one attempt and then we hit the crossbar with the with the free kick um but but, but you know, it still comes down to us being a little more a little more clinical. Uh, I thought we were wasteful in the chances that we had because they were good chances.
1: Wasteful is a good word to use. Ryan Robertson came on, made a bit of a difference as well, brought some pace. It's clear they had opportunities to do that. And they weren't getting out of their system until late when they went to a four with about 10 minutes to go. One of their bright spots, as usual, this year has been Zach Fernandez. Let's hear from him after this one.
3: To be honest, I think we stick to the plan uh, that the coach uh, said. Uh, we keep the ball. Uh, uh, with a back five, it's more hard to have uh, like a solution up front. But for sure, uh, when we had the ball, uh, I thought we were good technically. But uh, I think Forge uh, controlled a little bit more the ball the, than us, and it's okay. But we stick to the to the plan, and unfortunately, we we can't see the early. But uh, it's part of the game.
1: I joked a little bit with Zach in the press conference. I was glad he found his shirt because he swapped it with his buddy Wubens after the game. <laughs> um, talking of Wubens, he just continues to roll. Uh, this go- this Golden Boot race is real, uh, Charlie. And um, yeah, you know, to have a player like that, I'm sure Halifax would be very disappointed the way that they defended this set piece to have a free header like that. Uh, but it just goes to speak to the confidence that he's got right now and how quickly he hunts goals in front of the in front of goal and gets gets it out of nothing.
2: I think that's the thing, right? When a striker is in form and confident, the ball just seems to find them. And that's kind of what's going on with, with Wubenspies at the moment, just this incredible form of scoring almost almost every game. I think he might have missed one uh, last week. But yeah, he just has that confidence to to kind of hunt for the ball, just to to expect that he's going to be the guy to receive it on a set piece or something like that. He wants to be the man getting under the ball and getting those headers because he's not necessarily... Um, always a massive aerial presence when he's out of form. And he's not always the guy who's going to, you know, leap over center backs and, and search for those balls and things like that. But it just shows the confidence and, and the form that he's in that, again, the ball just seems to find him at the moment. And it just always goes in when he touches it.
1: Yeah, any Forge fans in the chat watching live, put down some of your predictions in the chat. Let us know what you think he's going to get. Can he hunt down Alejandro Diaz now only three back in that golden boot race to see whether he can take the, t- the title of the top goal scorer in the Canadian Premier League? Uh, let's talk a little bit about this Forge team defensively, Charlie, because we talk a lot about mm. attack and how good they've been going forward, and they've been lethal. Uh, you know, They have really been fantastic. What is it, 17 goals now in the last six games, despite only getting one in this one. Uh, But they've only conceded five goals in their last 10 games. And this was a game where they had to get that clean sheet to get something out of it. Defensively, they had to be solid. They weren't going to outscore the teams too much. They had to dig deep. They made changes. Janssen went from defense to midfield. They brought even Samuel on to play as a back three. Late on, he made some big, crucial headers as well. And I think, as we've noticed with this team, attack-wise, they've changed a lot. But defensively, they're on an absolutely terrific run right now, led by some, you know, Rammer and Janssen and some really big-time players.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The way that Forge defend has always been you know, very important to Bobby Smirniotis. They're a team that basically they defend with the ball for the most part yeah. is what they really, really like to do is, you know, they'll they'll sometimes sometimes they'll concede chances or things will come up. They've got the quality in these players like Janssen and and Matusala and whatnot to win the ball, to make those clearances. But then after that, you're not getting it back. Right, they're so good at playing out of the back. You know, they like to shuffle it from Janssen out to Rama, especially on that right side. I think both of them had like almost 140 touches in this game, or something absurd. Uh, they love to play out of the back really safely, and they're always going to get it out of their own half almost without fail. They'll, if if they are ever giving the ball away, it's kind of in the attacking third or when they're trying things, they're trying to attack. They're so good at, you know, neutralizing teams and suffocating them by just working their way up the pitch with these balls out of the back, because all of their defenders are so good on the ball. And they've got all of, obviously Alessandro Hajabrapoor right in front of that back line as well, who can shield them a bit and make it those terrific, passes through midfield.
1: Way, it was really good. Yeah. As he often is Yeah,
2: to be fair, because he's, yeah. he's been such a, such an important part of that team and the way that they defend in their shape. So just the way that forge can suffocate teams and, and just prevent them from really getting anything going, because if you have one attacking sequence, that's good. You're not going to have another one for like a good five, 10 minutes because Forge are going to hold onto the ball and push you backwards.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Arthur asks in the chat, will Woobens pass? He even finish the season with Ford, or Is he going to get another move? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, by the way, Who we'll else? get onto that later on because that obviously leads to another point about Jordan Hamilton. Before we talk about the strikers and where they're all going to play, let's go back to Morton's field and reaction from Alexander Ashnoldi Johnson.
2: What uh, differs us maybe a bit more from uh, the last couple of years that we've been more dominant on the ball, and I think that's all been stunning of the way that we've, uh, we've been building up and uh, the trust we have in each other, not just me, and in in all the players back there. And I think it's something we started doing last year, and we've just kept it evolving kind of. And uh, I think it's very important uh, to kind of set the tone
1: of the game. The CPL's Busquets, as I like to refer to him, was honored before the game with his 100th appearance for Forge, absolutely happening last week. This was uh, appearance 101. And uh, fittingly, he had 101 attempted passes in the game uh, <laughs> for the stylish Swede. So that was pretty cool. Uh, back to Timon's field reaction. Here's their head coach, Bobby Sminiotsis.
0: was on the field. Uh, it was hot. It's a tough game for uh, for both teams. Uh Tough conditions uh, to really play a lot of uh, a lot of quality stuff. I think from our end, uh, it wasn't our best game. Overall, we've gotten an early goal. Sometimes when you score early in games, you have a tendency of having a, a little bit of a drop-off um, with things. Um, but uh, like we've said inside, we've played some brilliant games this year and somehow we've lost. Uh, this is a game where maybe we weren't our best, but uh, when you want to be good and you want to be at the top, it's important to win uh, these games. So it's tough conditions uh, all around. Um, we had spurts that uh, that we were good, uh, but we're happy with the three points.
1: Sometimes scoring early and getting a drop-off. That didn't happen to Bournemouth on the weekend. Uh, you know, forget it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we're, we're not bothered by that. I thought not, we weren't yeah.
2: going to talk about that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I just can't get over this. It's just frustrating. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk about Forge for a couple more minutes before we bring in AGR and talk about Valor. They signed Jordan Hamilton on Friday, yeah. uh, Charlie. Uh, before I give my take, and we hear from Bobby on this. What was your take instantly when you heard this was happening?
2: Um, I think when I heard this is laugh or this is happening, I laughed out loud at first <laughs> okay. because okay. it just uh, of, of course it's forged. You know that they after they signed Ashton Morgan in the in the off season, they got just another one of these players who everybody has always hoped would end up in the CPL one day. Uh, I kind of a well finalists,
1: yeah. Champions yeah.
2: League finalists, uh, well known quantities in Canadian soccer and, and players that maybe everybody thinks we're going to thrive at this level. Uh, Ashton Morgan obviously has Jordan Hamilton at a very different stage in his career. He's a lot younger, but we know how talented a player he is. And you see him come into a Forge team that have, you know, maybe not in this game particularly, but over the last month been scoring goals for fun. Uh, it is shocking, for one thing, that they felt they needed to go out and get another attacking player. But uh, I think when these opportunities present themselves, you can't really say no to that. And now the question becomes, how do you fit all of these players into one team? You can't, obviously. So there's still a lot of competition in training now, I suppose.
1: There certainly is. Uh, Here's what Bobby Smirny also had to say in his pre-match press conference when asked about the acquisition of new player Jordan Hamilton.
0: Yeah, Jordan has proven over the years uh, that when he steps on the field and when he plays a series of matches, he scores goals. You know, statistically, he's, uh, he's shown that. Uh, maybe he hasn't had that uh, consistency in playing in the, in the last while, but he's a guy when he's, when he's on the field, he gets things done. I think he's an excellent uh, attacker, can play out of different uh, different sets uh, on the field. And, yeah, it gives us another piece uh, that either starts a game or comes off the bench and, and we, know we don't lose a gear in, in what we're changing and what we're doing. And I think that's something that's very important to the way we want to play. It's important to be able to have that interchangeability in, in the front line. Uh, Because it allows us to to keep on pressing higher up the field, to be higher up the field and to assert ourselves more on the game. So I think he's another piece uh, to that. And we just look forward to having him into the squad once he's ready
1: the interchange that he refers to. Obviously, Campbell got the start on the right instead of Schwan. Yeah, was replaced at halftime on that. On that, um, Not a bad substitute, by the way. Emery Welshman nope. didn't make the squad. here, hear he's got a little bit of a niggle with his back. So, you know, Jordan Hamilton came on, played a few minutes in the second half. You know, Jordan Hamilton is the kind of player that could break records in the Canadian Premier League. He's that good. Yes. Right. He's also the kind of player that could play a lot of, uh, for a lot of other teams. And I know that a lot of other teams are interested in. So why Forge? Uh, and when I put this question to, from, to a few people across the league, scouts, different things, I think a lot of it comes down to the fact that Jordan Hamilton understands that he needs to be helped in this stage of his career. Uh, Jordan Hamilton could play more minutes and go right at the start of 11 for a CPL team right now, uh, but he wants to contend. He wants to be playing in, a, in an environment that's winning consistently, and I think almost above everything else, I think he wants to play for Bobby Smirniotis. That's even, yeah. that, that's just the facts. That's what I'm getting. He's understanding what he's looking right now at what Bobby Smirniotis has done for so many players at this level, and wubens Passius is an example of that. And thinking, I want i want that i want to be helped i want to be nurtured i want to be i want to play at home and i want to go in the best environment that i can make right now and make available for where i'm available for myself so i think that's really the 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 big thing and the other thing is and this again compliments Forge is that any organization, sports, business doesn't matter, whether, you create succession plans before you need them. And yep. Wubens Passius will probably move on within the next 12 months to six months to three months. We don't know. He's, he's on fire right now. And that is your succession plan. It isn't, oh no, what's we gonna do when we sell Wubens? It's we already have our guys in house, right, Charlie? And that's the yep. I think that's just the the keys to success for any successful organization.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is. And Forge are aware that these things are coming down the pipeline. They they I think pretty much in, in most of the things they do, they try to be ready for as many different situations as possible. Um and I think part of this, you you kind of alluded to it there. I think that Forge is an environment where Jordan Hamilton is gonna feel a little bit more familiar, a little more comfortable. There's some some faces in the dressing room that he's crossed paths with in Canadian soccer a few times and he's certainly been able to speak to a lot of these players about what it's like at Forge and you mentioned he wants to win things. Jordan Hamilton has won an underrated amount of trophies in his career. Nice. Yeah, I think he's won two MLS Cups uh, as well as a, the uh, the Voyagers Cup a few times. He's been to a Champions League final. Uh, I think this is kind of what he wants. He he knows that he can be a star in this league and he certainly wants to be but he also wants to be winning things while doing so and I think uh, it, it's quite clear that he believes that Forge is is the best place for him to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, we'll finish off in Hamilton, and we'll bring in AGR now. Uh, great to see you, my man. Thanks again for joining us. Uh, hope you're well. And we go to the game in Winnipeg. Uh, perfect, really, for Valor, who entered Sunday, coming off a 2-0 win over Cavalry, and it with another 2-0 win in a game against York, thanks to a second-half attacking flourish. And a game, AGR, you cover it for us. One, they more than deserved how to win this, particularly coming out of the gates in the second half.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is a a win that Valor needed. I mean, in a week where it seems like everyone's beating everyone in the CPL, there's a lot of movement at the top. Valor just got the job done, picked up six crucial points, sit just five points behind Calgary, if I'm not mistaken, which keeps the, the, the race towards the top four not completely closed, keeps the door open for Valor to sneak in, and they just got the job done uh, in this York game. I was curious to see how York would fare after their their goal four-goal outburst, really, against uh, Halifax a week prior, but... Valor obviously, you know, knew what to expect from York. They took care of business, such a solid game defensively, as they tend to do when Andrew Jean-Baptiste is in the lineup. You know, another good game from Rayanne Yesley, uh, offering some competition in goal for Jonathan Sirua. And then at the other end, it was the Billy Forbes and Sean Reyes show. I mean, Sean Reyes loved playing York. He's up to seven goal contributions out of his Fifteen in, in the CPL are all against York. He loves to score and get assists against York. And then Billy Forbes, the new signing, showed some great explosiveness, some great creativity on the wing, uh, nabbed a goal and assist. And from there, that's that's all that Valor needed. They they don't often win big blowouts other than unless they're playing Ottawa. And they but they don't also get blown out. They have these good low event games where they come out on top. Uh, six clean sheets, I think, now on the year. That's a very solid piece of work.
2: Yeah, the thing that impressed me, I, get, I think, about, I guess, both of these Valor games is it feels like maybe that urgency and aggression is back when they attack. I, it seems like all of their goals, all four of them were sort of similar in just the directness of them and how aggressively this team wants to play the ball forward. Um, but there's a lot of kind of new faces in his attack compared to maybe the, the front four that they played with two months ago. Just, Alex, how have, you, how have you kind of seen his team maybe adjust the way that it's been attacking teams and finding ways to, to maybe hurt them in transition?
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously it was something to, to look at with the w- William Akio leaving. I mean, he's a very dangerous, direct threat that's not an easy player to replace. And I mean, Phil DeSantis kind of talked about it, how it meant playing players in new positions. The one that's been fascinating is like Mateo DeBrain's been playing as a, as a number nine. He's nominally a left back, uh, but he's kind of offering a bit of a focal point, something for defenders to worry about. And from there, uh, it's Sean Rea, it's Billy Forbes, it's Moses Dyer. Those are three very fluid attackers. Those are attackers who like to interpret space. Raya uh, you know, and Dyer in particular, the way they just operate in the number 10 positions and kind of play off each other. And then Forbes gives them a bit of that directness that they lost uh, in Akia. So it's not conventional. I don't think it ever has been with, with Valor. They don't really play with a typical number nine. They kind of play with this very fluid front four. But uh, you know, it makes it hard to defend because you don't know where these guys are going to pop up. Like Rhea in particular playing on the left. You see he makes that assist to Forbes firmly as an number 10 having swapped with Dyer I mean if you're if you're the right you know you're York's right back and you're looking up and you're you're supposed to mark Ray and he's on the other side of the pitch that's that creates a sort of confusion and chaos that uh, can be hard to defend and then from there they got speed they got directness and uh, it allows them to score those sorts of goals like that and it's tough to defend in transition and what I like about Valor is how they're they've committed to it oftentimes teams they'll they'll say oh we don't really want to defend you know and and, and plan the transition we want to hold more of the ball even if they don't They're always saying it with Phil DeSantos. He admits he's, we want to defend well. We want to play direct. We want to cause problems for teams. And when they're at their best, they do just that.
1: Alex, before I go back to the stadium for reaction, I want to ask you about Sean Ray. You made a point in your analysis for us. You compared him a little bit to his teammate at CF Montreal, Jordi Mihalovich, and what he's doing in MLS right now, which I thought was a great comp. Um, you mentioned him a little bit there. He obviously gets up for games against York. You know, that just maybe that's just a coincidence. But how have you seen him and his de- game develop this season by doing many of these Valor games? What's impressed you the most about him?
4: It's just the, the way he's improved his work rate, the way he's improved his consistency. I You know, ahead of the game, I asked Phil DeSantis about Sean Rea because I'd seen how, you know, he dominated York. I wanted to to get some intel from Phil. Uh, he said that, you know, Sean Rea, fantastic player. Consistency is something that he's been asking him to improve on. And I think that's the one thing you can see. Because, uh, you know, as mentioned, in the, in the modern game, there isn't much room for true number 10s. I mean, either you have to be really dominant, or you have to find a way to adapt. And, you know, for a guy like Sean Ray, who's young, you're gonna have to find a way to adapt for now. And, you know and I think Phil's uh, you know Phil DeSantos has been asking a lot of him by playing him in this wide role where he has to defend he has to track back he has to stay engaged or you know or else Phil's you know DeSantis is gonna go to his bench and and take you know other guys in so I think it's been the engagement it's been the defensive work rate it's been just str- trying to stay in games and provide moments and uh, when, when he's on it, it's it's like it was said after the game he can pull a magic out of a you know a rabbit out of the, the magic hat and he did just that in, in those key moments and I think that's that's key because with Georgie Mihailovic going out the door, Mihailovic was in a similar position with Chicago a few years ago. The talent was always there, just wasn't consistent enough. That's why uh, Chicago traded him. You don't often trade players like that unless you don't think, you, you know he's missing something. Wilford Nancy said, hey, we want you, want you to defend more. We want you to be engaged more. Look what he's become. It's become an MLS MVP. And I think Sean Reyes following a similar, albeit different path, uh, you know, in, in terms of that. And I think that's exciting if you're a CF Montreal fan.
1: Yeah, and that's why the Canadian Premier League is here, to give those players, young Canadian players, opportunities to do that and to shine and to kind of mimic those kind of systems and play those kind of ways. And that's why CF Montreal, every credit to that organisation, have been of the leaders in getting their players to play in this league and, and understanding the competitiveness. We'll talk to Phil DeSantis a little bit more about that when he joins us very shortly. Uh, with more, though, go back to IG Field for some more reaction. Back-to-back clean sheets for Ray and Leslie in goal after taking over from Jonathan Siwa. He, let's hear from
4: the goalkeeper now. Yeah, of course, it feels uh, really good. On um, a personal point of view, feels really good. But uh, you know, the the most important thing for us was to to go and and win these two games. They were they're very important for us um, in the pursuit of the, the playoff spot. So, of course, I feel good personally. But but the the, the job was to get uh, two wins in a row, and that's what we did. Just a fantastic
1: day for that young man. Great to see him succeed so well. Uh, with more reaction on this, let's go back to uh, IG Field and Barry Smith, who is taking over from Martin Nash. And we wish Martin Nash all the best as he was in COVID protocol. Let's hear from the Scotsman after the York loss.
0: I think it created a couple of good chances. Um, and it, it, for, from our point of view, um, it's down to decision-making. Whether to shoot, whether to pass, you know, the weight of pass. Um, All these things are important and it's the finer details um, that let us down a wee bit today um, in the final third.
1: Alex, you were in the press before we let you go. What were your overall thoughts from York and did Barry kind of hit the nail on the head there? A difficult day for them after what was a really good week when they beat, obviously, Halifax 4-2 on Monday.
4: Yeah, it's been unfortunate. I think it was a bit of aggression of the mean it felt like in terms of the offense. You thought that, that four goal outburst that could build off of it, maybe grab a few goals, create some chances. Uh, but overall, they just ran into that that kind of valor wall. They they generated just like six shots, 0.5 expected goals, nothing really of note. You looked in the game, other than a flash from Azazi de Rosario in the second half, they really didn't create anything memorable either in terms of just clear cut chances. And I think it's you know a worrying theme for them, I think, heading into this. This offseason is figure out how can they bring depth beyond Di Rosario. Because I think if you're looking at the attack, the only one who can sit there and say, okay, they've had a good season, obviously Di Rosario, the fact that he's in the top five of goal scoring, considering his team has just 14 goals is a credit to him. But it's just the reality that beyond him, there haven't been enough goals. Six goals from the rest of the roster across a whole season is you know, it's it's tough. And I think Barry Smith kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of why, why that is the case. They're just not getting enough movement, they're not getting Enough, uh, you know, just that final pass, that that final ball, the final everything is just missing. And I think finding a way to get everyone more involved uh, is going to be huge because when you have a guy like D'Erizio to play off of as a focal point, he will benefit from that. The team can benefit, uh, you know, help him by getting more depth, more attacking impetus. And I think that's going to be the big thing because. The defensive foundation is there on its day. Uh, you know, for the most part, they defend well. We've seen that throughout this season, but they just need to find a way to create more because it just feels like for their defenders, they have to be perfect to win it in a game like this where, where Valor pounces on them and it's two goals. It just felt like an impossible mountain. You could already write the game off when it was one nothing, let alone 2 nothing. and I think they need to change that by adding some of that, that, that attacking depth, that attacking impetus uh, as you know, for the rest of the season and looking into next year.
1: Yeah, very well said. Almost a perfect storm of, of transition right now for that club. No, I mean, you mentioned that they can't score. Petrasso's barely played. Gutierrez has been hurt. Ferrari's hurt again. So many injuries for them this season. And turnover, right? Lowell, right? Abzi both out the door. Nico Jansopoulos, a, a bright spot for them. Yet yeah, it goes off after 20 minutes yesterday with a bad ankle. Um, you know, Jimérez comes on as a backup goalkeeper. He becomes the 30th player to play for York United this season. That's by far and away the most in this league. So, um, yeah, a lot of turnover for them and and you know We wish Martin Nash well and hopefully he's back on the sidelines as they host FC Edmonton this Sunday. AGR, you'll be all over a game again this weekend. We appreciate all your work you and check on Alex on OneSoccer and of course on countpl.ca. We appreciate you as ever. Great work, my man. Thanks again.
4: Thanks, and see you next week.
1: See you next week, Alex. Thanks for having us on. Uh, We go to the subs bench, and we bring on Phil DeSantos now as we replace Alex into the show, and he will join us live. Phil, great to see you. Thanks for joining us on a rare day off for you on a Monday, and I'm sure Mondays are a lot sweeter after a win.
5: Absolutely. Thanks, guys. It's a pleasure.
1: Great to have you on. Uh, what uh, after sleeping on that last night? What uh, what what did you think about this morning? What pleased you the most?
5: Oh, I I didn't go back to the game yet. I you know I tried because it's a day off. I really wanna. Uh, we're in full mode renovations in the house, so I'm just focused on. Uh, I said this call and nothing else. Throughout wow, the day, wow, so.
1: we feel honored. We, yeah. We're actually getting wow. you to think about the game, Phil. <laughs>
5: yeah, no, I I go back to the game, and uh, and again, I think it was another. Uh, steady uh, performance from the group. I think that we were solid defensively when we had to be, and we scored when when the moments and the opportunities came. I, I thought we did enough to score earlier in the game. Uh, I felt we should have gone in halftime time with at least a one-goal lead. And uh, again, it was important for us to, when there's so many doubts that are raised uh, uh, with the performances at home and last time we had a spell of home games, it didn't go well for us. Uh, and then you start this spell with with that loss against Pacific. It was, you don't want question marks to be raised. And I think that we, it was important for us to uh, to respond to that. And overall, we look at yesterday and the game against Cavalry were solid team efforts. And that's what I'm more happy about because I know that this is the type of uh, of match that makes you be a team. And, and we're we're getting to a point of the season where we need to be a team if we want to obtain results consistently. And that's what we need to do right now.
2: Yeah, Phil, you mentioned, you you know, going back to even that Pacific game, it feels like this past week, these two wins, two clean sheets are, as you said, really important for you guys to maybe get that confidence back, especially at, at, at a time of the season where I think you probably really need it at the moment.
5: Yeah, look, we played the last eight games. Um uh, yeah, we were we won five of them, lost the two at Forge, and and this one against Pacific. Which, you know, yeah, you lose it, but you you could build on a performance. So uh, I feel that it's it's been a, a good run for the team. Like we we've been consistent. I think that um you know training has been very easy. It's uh, when you see the team performing and you see signs, even in in, in games that you lose, you. You see signs that give you the confidence that you're in the right track, it's easy to train the team because you're just you're you're just reinforcing a message. You're making sure that you you could instead of being um all over the map, you're 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 focused on strategical aspects based on the next opponent. And you know, guys are confident going into games because they know what they have to do, they understand their roles, responsibilities. And Again, it's easier when you win games because you tend, when you're not winning, you tend to, you know, you want to change here, you want to change there. And I have to be honest with you, it crossed our mind as a staff when we had the spell that was a bit more difficult for us. And um, we said, no, there's no way. You know, we're building a foundation here. We know what the, the team needs to look like. We're not far. We weren't conceding many goals apart from that Two loss against Cavalry, and then we analyzed those, and it's three goals on set plays. Mm-hmm. Um, we were in every game, it was a matter of you know, turning the luck in our side. That one moment we didn't make the play. So we stayed in what we had built as a foundation for the team, structurally, but also in the principles. And I think that was an important moment when as a staff we made that decision. So credit also to my staff because as a coach it's, it's easy to to second guess things and the staff was solid saying you know what uh let's let's keep pushing with what we have and again we're um we're in a good moment right now
1: every credit to you for sharing that story i love that like they always say no one no one better evaluate your team better than yourself right you know yeah, fairly absolutely. that you have no. to evaluate your team that way and that's uh I think that's really a key part of success you know the other thing that's really fascinating about this league Phil is that of course we all evaluate wins and losses but this is also a league of development for young players yeah and teams are selling players we talked about Absey and Lowell Wright leaving York and that's obviously been a bit of upheaval for you for, for them you guys let William Akio go at a yeah. crucial time in the season and, and I think other teams, other players may have seen that as being, oh, we're losing one of our best players." How did you navigate that as a staff, and how did you, you know, reinforce that message to your team that we were still, we are still in this, even though we're letting William go?
5: We uh, we prepared for it, right? Willie doesn't happen overnight. It's not a phone call, and you don't have time to to prepare for it. Um, uh, I knew Willie wanted to experience free agency and. And see what was out there for next year. We didn't anticipate it that fast. Um, that's why we we were very comfortable with with the signing of a guy like Casciano. Um, and when when the Whaley situation started to come about, because the process is a bit longer um, because of visas and, and and other components, we were already in the market and we were already in the front foot and, and thinking, if we do lose Whaley, what are the options? And we started to work those options fairly early because it was clear in our mind that we would only do Whaley if we felt comfortable enough to, um, to bring in someone that would help the team now for now. Um, and uh, we were able to do that with the signing of Billy Forbes. Uh, myself, Jay, we knew Billy very well. So it was a no-brainer as soon as it became uh, possible. It made us move on with Willie in a very comfortable way. And the, the team the team feeds off that when they see a new guy coming and they think, okay, we just lost an important piece. But in his first two, three training sessions or when they go to an highlight video, they see what the player is all about. And, you know, it builds confidence on the guy that's coming in.
2: Yeah, and we should add, we uh, wish, wish William all the best with his recovery. Uh, yeah, one of the,
5: it's so uh, three. But... It's so unfortunate, right? Un, unlucky, yeah. but that's part of the game. And it's uh, it's the, the sad part that the game brings.
2: Yeah. But, you know, Phil, you mentioned all of these guys that you have brought in in this, this middle middle of the season window. And it's one thing to bring them in, but it's another thing for them to come into the side and, and have an impact, right? It's so hard to integrate yeah. players mid-season. But, you know, we've seen, obviously, Billy Forbes have a great week. Nassim Mekadesh at centre-back as well. Just even Kevin Rendon as well how as a coach have you been able to maybe ensure that these players are able to slot into the lineup and to help your team so quickly like this
5: we well Kevin we knew it was a matter of time because Kevin was uh, is is a good player Kevin is a high profile player for the league and we knew that these are players that normally year 2 is important for them it's a uh, you know he arrived 6 7 months without player playing due to visa and i think he's just settling in now in in that spot. And he's a guy that we saw higher up on the field, but we actually like where he's playing now. Uh, we don't play with a three-man midfield. So I think his ability um, in in that double pivot is, is helping us uh, on the ball. Uh, and we said, as a, as a staff, we mentioned, we won't bring anyone we're not convinced can help the team now for now. And in in that was important in the evaluation we did of a guy like Nassim Mikidesh and even a a Billy Forbes because we know they come in. A lot of these new players, um, it's hard for them to adapt right away. They need maybe a month. They need if they're not playing, they need to gain rhythm. They need almost a preseason, and we didn't want that to uh, to happen because then the season is over and you just brought in a, a body and. Uh, we assessed and evaluated the players that were coming in very well. And I think, look, I think that uh, one of the teams that did that too was, uh, was uh, York with, with a guy like Latanzio coming in and, you know, they brought in a couple of players that were able to slip in right away in the lineup. And that's, that's not easy. It's your evaluation and your, your, your um, assessment process needs to be spot on. And sometimes you're lucky and it, it just fits like a glove and, we're happy it's the case for uh, for the, the players that, that came in a bit later for us.
1: Both Billy and Nassim make our Gatorade team of the week as well this week. Good. So I didn't Gatorade. know. Good yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you you're the first to hear it. No one else knows yet they're gonna be released <laughs> this afternoon. But it's uh it's great to hear that they're both there. Last one from me is on your goalkeepers. Um, yeah. nobody else will know this either, but last year when Jonathan Siwa was named the goalkeeper of the year, you came in and you were there to, to see it. And that I thought it was really special. I know that meant a lot to Jonathan. So I know you've got a great relationship with him, but you also have a really good second goalkeeper and yeah. Rain Yesley who's played back-to-back games in the clean sheets as well. You went back to him yesterday. Um, what has all your experience in coaching taught you in for these situations? Do you speak to Jonathan about that? We know he's a top goalkeeper. Now you're riding the hot hand. How do you navigate that?
5: i i'm fair with the players i my no is a no and my yes is a yes i don't um i don't sugarcoat things and uh you know i had a chat with joe and i felt joe there's moments in a young a career of a young goalkeeper where a, a player needs to breed a little bit and i i i thought that he without nothing major it you know, it wasn't perfect, and things seemed a little bit more difficult for him in certain moments. And um, and I felt that I wanted to give uh, Ryan uh, a go, especially when you have three games in a week like we did. And uh, and the 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 truth is this: you bring in a a guy you know is a sure value um he's a guy that's here to stay for us and for us it was important knowing that a lone situation like joe won't always is not one that you get year after year after year so it was important for us to prepare also what tomorrow could look like and we gave ryan a game but i told the the patrick our goalkeeper coach look pat this now i have to be fair with ryan it's not a you know, it's not just a breather. It's not just a, a get some a one game's rest. Is if the kid is is good and if he deserves to be in there, uh, I'll give him a real shot at it. And I think that's, that's the way to go about it. And I spoke to both. And uh, it's just a matter of, you know, giving, yes, give, being fair with a player that has been patient and waiting for an opportunity um, and training extremely well. And I think it was he's in a good moment, Ryan, right now. And I can't be talking about tomorrow and the future and what this could look like. And I'm just happy we have both of them and they're fighting. And you know, uh, again, Ryan, if he keeps winning and keeps uh, getting that that clean sheet uh, as a coach, he makes my job easy. And and it's going to be now Joe's time to maybe be a little bit more patient. And that's the beauty. Now navigate through it just be honest just speak your heart don't uh don't sugarcoat it because the guys will see right through me no i, I don't want to be about that
2: just one more for you phil and again thank you so much for taking time out of your busy renovation schedule to chat okay. with us <laughs> this morning but uh just looking at, at kind of the run-in for you guys over the next few weeks uh, yeah. you know, between now and now and september 18th you go to halifax twice but then there's five home games in there um this past week has been you know two big results at home two clean sheets but we've spoken earlier in the season about you know your guys home form and and trying to improve that so what do you need to see from your team over this I suppose next month or so to try and stay in that race
5: we need to be consistent I think that uh you know we have we have two away games that are very difficult we um it's gonna be my first time there so I've I don't have anything to to grab on to and um it, it's gonna be the first time for many of our players because of how you know COVID and the current team that we have has been built since last year mainly and now this year. But um but then you come home and you have forge twice. You you have a, a game against uh, against Ottawa, direct ri- rival there, Pacific, right? They're they're very uh, level of high difficulty uh, type of game. so we need to be consistent. we need to stay very cohesive defensively. Uh, the good thing is that you're it's better to address these games on um, on a, a moment where you're confident about what you have and and the guys feel that confidence and we we believe we could beat any team in this league because we we've've um, we've, we've shown we can. Uh, so so for us it's it's just that you just limit mistakes stay cohesive be be clinical when you have a chance to uh i think the team has improved in possession that helps us also be a bit more aggressive higher up the field so uh so we're we're gaining those balls a little bit higher and it, it gives us a chance of a quicker break and and and, and, and attacking further away from our uh, or starting the attack further away from our goal, so we're going to need to keep those, uh, keep doing those little things right, um, and not not think that suddenly we're uh, we're above ourselves. We need to be humble and and keep working the way we have. And I think the humility of the guys is what I've, has uh, allowed them to be to be good and consistent throughout the last few games.
1: Fantastic stuff, Phil. I think ten games last season, eighteen now. I think you've completed. At a full season and your own managerial career. At uh, I, I have. Yeah, so yeah. There you go. We congratulate you on that. As we said, when you hired, we love having you in the league. and want you be one, one of our favorites to come on and talk football. We always learn so much. So uh, thanks Thank for you. sharing some time with us today and good luck this weekend. We'll speak to you soon.
5: Anytime. Thanks guys. Have a good one.
1: You too. Thanks so <laughs> much. Phil DeSantis always sharing this wisdom with us. And before we bring Benedict in to talk about cavalry and we promise we'll get to Ottawa shortly, Charlie, I guess the last reflection on that was that it, it looks like it's Yesley's net for now.
2: I suppose so, at least for for a little bit, which is uh, maybe not something we expected to happen at any point in the season. But you know, in fairness. Two two stars, two clean sheets. You can't really argue much with it because he played very well in both these games as well.
1: He played well, and he's a real big presence in the net, you can see yeah. as well. So you can see Phil DeSantis. I love the way you explained that, so we can't thank him enough for sharing on that one. Uh, Benedict Rose, let's bring you in. And you were on the earlier game this week. Uh, Valor, we've done a lot of, but Cavalry went there. Let's roll those highlights. Tommy Wilden Jr. slumped their fourth loss in their last five games. Uh, by the way, that run has come off a, a, an eleven-game unbeaten run, so I'm not sure many people saw this coming. Uh, it is actually their worst run in Canadian Premier League uh, in, in over a five-game stretch. So, what's going wrong for Cavalry, and what happened in this game?
3: Yeah, I think uh, Tommy Wilden Jr. said after the game that this team is maybe finding ways to beat itself sometimes, and and I think as you see, if you're watching on YouTube, this goal right here, just a miscommunication at the back, and and maybe some some sort of sloppiness and and. Uh, they, they just didn't recover from it. And, and second goal here as well, if you're watching on YouTube, is they just stopped playing. You know, Tommy Wilton Jr., the big theme at the end of last season was play to the effing whistle. And that's yes. exactly what they didn't do on the second goal here. And and uh, bo- both goals, I think, were were probably preventable, or or at least the first one definitely was. And and uh, they just weren't able to get enough going in attack, and, and it cost them.
1: They're not able to get a lot going in attack. If it's not set pieces, sometimes they're not scoring. Is that a concern yeah. for you? Like they're trying to change things around. I know they've had a lot of injuries. Still know Maya Bevan. Mason's been in and out. Of the team looks like he's back here. Moosey's a massive part of that team as well. What do you think they need to do a little bit better in terms of, like Charlie mentioned, the sharpness and directness that we're seeing of Valor right now. What, do we need a little bit more from Cavalry? Is it just a little bit of a mid-season slump? Is it concerning?
3: I think so. I think he, I think he, directness is probably a good thing. You know, they, a lot of their goals, you said, set pieces or, or come from the fullbacks and nothing's really coming from, from midfield or, or coming on the ground. A lot of it's coming from, from crosses or, or from, like you said, set pieces into the box corners or, or free kicks or penalties. Um, so they need to find more goals from open play is definitely the, the biggest concern, I think, with this Cavalry team at the moment.
1: Let's go back maybe to just, that game. Sorry,
2: go ahead, Charlie. All right, just maybe they just need to simplify things a little bit more. Like some of their best moments this season have been these games where they are just as you guys said, direct, but also not as not not trying so maybe so much in terms of kind of finding the perfect pass or the perfect ball in. Like there's a lot of goals cavalry have been able to score with just kind of getting in behind defenders and playing those balls in. And then you've got the quality of guys like Joe Mason to finish those. So I don't know. Maybe it maybe it feels like it needs to be a little bit simplified for this team at the moment.
1: Yeah. The, the other thing about this, Ben, I'll I'll lean on this for you as well. You know, actually let's go back to the stadium first. Let's get a reaction from Tommy Wilden and Junior and then we'll come back and we'll talk more cavalry.
2: The only stat that matters, right? I think uh, there was one player that scored two and uh, we didn't score any and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how many passes, how many probes, how many set plays, how many opportunities. If you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you're forever chasing and I think that's, uh, that's been the, that's been the uh, issue
0: today.
1: Yeah, one thing for me is is that I think they're probably one of the deepest teams in the league. Well, they're not probably, they are. Uh, yeah. And I think we've been saying this for a long time with Calvary. May, and this is not a criticism, but maybe it can be a struggle sometimes for Tommy, is that they've got so many players who can play. Is it Escalante and Fisk? Is it Dikiara? Is it Camargo? Is it Bevan? Is, it, where's Moosey playing? You know, if you get Mason in the team? And they've got all this depth. Um, and now they've brought in these two fullbacks, Vleet and, and Alecon, who I think are really good players in the league. You know they're not necessarily up to fit this year. Alcon's not played a lot of ninety minutes. Maybe it's just trying to gel Benedicts and get the best players on the pitch at the same time.
3: Yeah, I think like one thing you've seen to use forge an example. they they' found I think their best eleven or or maybe coming close to it and and Valor as well and and they're they're sticking to it. I think you know with Calvary, you said like Camargo's a good example. He can play at wide, he can play up top, he can play centrally in midfield he can play all over the place and and i think there's a lot of players like that in this cavalry team who who can be sort of swiss army knife i guess players and and uh, i think maybe the tommy and the coaches actually need to maybe lock it down a bit and, and sort of say like this is where you're going to play this week and that's we're going to play for the next couple of weeks and try to build up a rhythm and, and uh, a more consistent uh in the, in the starting lineup
1: yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, Cavalry got forged, by the way. We'll talk more about that coming up, but we'll look at the fixtures on Friday night and the come match of the weekend. If you need a game to get up for, if they ever need one, that's the one. Uh, let's wrap up this game and go back to uh, the stadium. Here's Mason Trafford.
2: Well, obviously we're disappointed. We lost We lost the game 2-0, um, so it's very disappointing, and I think it's just too inconsistent. I think there were some moments there where we played okay, um, probed a little bit, but it's it's a bit uh disjointed at the moment and uh, you know they took their they took their goals well and it's a disappointing result to be fair because I, I don't think we gave our gave the best of ourselves
0: today.
1: Yeah, an interesting one to keep an eye on. No doubt, as I said, four losses in five games, the worst run since they started in 2019. And they've been really at the top of the league. And suddenly they're looking over the shoulder a little bit at Valor. That's certainly the big storyline coming out of this weekend. Benedict, great work, my man. We appreciate you and appreciate all your help on this show. And campiel.ca, you can read Benedict's work over there as well. Uh, Thanks for this. Uh, To the nation's capital next, where a CPL attendance record of over 6,500 people in attendance was smashed, including NHL star and new Senators player Claude Giroux were in attendance and they had to battle not one but two rainstorms and delays and got not one but two from baloo as they defeated fc edmonton charlie
2: yeah this is one of the weirder games i think we've had this season uh just in terms of how many kind of different phases of it there were obviously kickoff is pushed back just over half an hour and then midway through the first half the skies just open up more than i've ever seen in a football match right i think ever and and, and i'll all of the the coaches and players after the game said the same thing. They'd never played in anything quite like that. So again, massive, massive shout out to all of the fans that stuck around through all of that because that can't have been easy, but uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure a good memory for a lot of them. But again, this is a game where I think in the first half, teams maybe struggled to get into a rhythm again because of the delay, because of that maybe 20 minutes of it where you couldn't really see your teammates. And that's why maybe in the second half we see Ottawa kind of settle in a little bit more. They find that rhythm. They start just playing these these speculative balls up to Belu Tabla. Uh, he is again a very talented player who's playing in a bit more of a central role in this game and kind of a front two rather than where he often is out on the wide and maybe in maybe a front three or something like that. So in this game, he comes a little bit further inside. He's looking for the the open pockets and the half spaces and things like that. And he's kind of running in between center backs and they managed to find him with these. These uh, kind of tricky through balls where he sneaks in behind twice, uh, so I think that's very impressive. And it was just a, a massive performance from Balu, who I think had eight shots in this game and five dribbles. so it was a uh, it was a, a pretty big one for him as well.
1: Yeah, I know a lot of people watching live right now are in that stadium, so put your comments in and we'll put them yeah. up on the chat. Uh, you talked about Balu in your analysis. Again, Campiel.ca, Charlie, cover this one for us, and you said he shined, and he definitely did shine uh, in a day of darkness a lot of times. He was a shining light for Ottawa. Let's go back to uh, their stadium and their reaction with Balu Tabla after this one.
4: Uh, I'm not surprised because I realized it in the beginning of the season, uh, the first day I signed in Ottawa, I was so happy and I thank the city and the fans being my happiness and that's why I'm, I'm like that on the field so I'm not surprised, I feel it inside of me and after that, uh, scoring and playing good, it's, it's part of the confidence that uh, I receive from uh, the, the people out there here, the, the coaches, the staff, the fans mm-hmm. and everybody.
1: Seems like a happy guy, Charlie. You talked to him, about him you asked yeah. those questions. Four goals in his last five. Just just feels like a different young young man at the moment to, to, to his past times.
2: Yeah, it's really nice to see that Balutabu looks like he's enjoying his football again. Mm, good point. And I think that's not, that's not something that we've always been able to say of him in the last few years. But he's back now and he just seems to really be finding his place in his Ottawa team. He loves being that maybe focal point of this attack and whatever role he's put into. And it it really is working out for this team. He's playing really well. He seems to have embraced the club and the fans there, especially, you know, he scores that first goal and goes and does a bow in front of them all. That was amazing. Um, But again, he's, he's, this is a player we said this about at the start of the season when he's in form, when he's confident and when he's committed, he's an electric player to watch. He's certainly one of the most talented in this league. And I think we're starting to see Carlos Gonzalez get the best out of him.
1: Yeah, he's their main guy now up front. Yeah. It's interesting to note Malcolm Shaw started fourteen of the first fifteen games of the season and he hasn't started any of the last four. Um, so keep an eye on that. It is Baloo's time It is Balu's time to shine, as you use that word going forward. Um, the other thing to note here, 152 under 21 minutes played by Ottawa in that game. I know a lot of people are talking about that at their fan base. That now puts them to 1,050. I feel like, as Fernando Lopez has said, that the 2,000 minutes will be hit. No problem. But they did get that. And while we're talking about that, by the way, York and Edmonton, Bala and Halifax now all over the 2,000 minute threshold as the last two made it over that over this weekend. Uh, with more reaction, let's go back to TD Place and here's Carlos
0: Gonzalez. I'm happy for him, you know. I'm happy because uh, Balu, the, the forward players, they, they start to be sometimes in, in this dynamic in which psychologically they have a, an internal battle with the, with the goal situations. He had uh, two situations similar in the first half. And then in the second half, he, he showed that he's an excellent player. He showed personality and he decided really well. So I'm happy to, for him so that can, he has an unblock now this situation and now he can play with a little bit more psychological freedom that I think is, is very important for, for all, of, all of us
1: fourth win in the last seven games for Atlético Ottawa and again not the first time they've shown an ability to win a game after a loss uh, which has been really important to get their season back on on track pretty quickly and that's kind of the consistency that has changed them this season Uh, talking of consistency and the lack of it we knew it was a difficult stretch for FC Edmonton playing eight away games in nine games they're in the middle of that right now Uh, let's go back to the stadium and get reaction after this one another narrow loss not outplayed significantly but it was a loss indeed for Alan Koch
6: uh weather wild i agree with you uh unfortunately it seems like everywhere we personally go the weather is nuts we've played in everything you can imagine so uh, i don't know if it's edmonton weather or wherever fc edmonton goes um honestly i probably have the toughest job in football to be brutally honest uh because we're a team uh that's not supposed to win but we want to win uh we're gonna go give it everything that we can and i sound like a broken record but our inexperience our Immaturity at times catches up with us, Uh, and yet again today, I think we put out a good fight for about 70 minutes. uh, Two minor little mistakes, a little bit of quality, obviously, from Tabla, and we end up losing the game. Um, So it's difficult. Uh, It's not easy. We've played 19 games. Not every single game has been the same as this, but they've been pretty darn close to it. We, We come out, we're organized, we're hardworking. We give it everything we can. And unfortunately, there's just moments uh, that we struggle with. And that's part of the growth of managing a very, very young team uh, like we have.
1: He talked about the similarity of this. Sixth time this season, they've lost a the game by one goal. Charlie, what were your thoughts on FC Edmonton?
6: Yeah,
2: it was, I, I guess, a, a similar story. Again, I think Alan likened it to that loss to Cavalry, I guess, last weekend, where it's it's there's not really a whole lot in the game. But then there's two moments of, you know, Edmonton kind of, missing something missing somebody sneaking in behind you know not managing a moment well and that's kind of what does it for them here I thought that the first half they I thought that FC Edmonton played quite well I think that they were the better team in the rain because they seemed to understand how better to play in that which was uh just you know you loft shots at the keeper and look for him to spill them which they actually did a few times right um you know when when it's that kind of chaotic situation you look to embrace the chaos and I think that's something that Edmonton can be quite good at um, but you know the the moment doesn't come for them there, which is uh, which is unfortunate. But then they fall behind. They still carry on looking for that consolation goal, something to build on. Toby Warshevski's free kick, uh, I, it's a, an interesting strike. I think maybe maybe Nathan Ingham might have wanted it back, but it does get around the wall, and it's probably hard to see. Yeah. Uh, but again, they did ha- they did have a couple more chances after that to try and get back into it. And again, I think it's one of these Edmonton games where. On the whole, you, you weren't dominated, you were right in the game the whole time against a very good team, playing on, playing away from home as well. Uh, but again, it's those, those little moments that really really frustrate and get at Alan Kosh. he's like, I, if we just managed that one a little bit better, if we hadn't let Balu get lost in behind, then you know it, it's maybe a different story.
1: Yeah, Artur says in the chat, Table about to catch firing, make a push for the golden boots. Uh, certainly goals like that scoring the way that he's doing will certainly help that. C-Mac thinks his confidence is booster exactly at the right time and keeping his form going forward and maybe getting sold next season. We'll keep an eye on that. Also questions from some other Ottawa fans about maybe it's time to give Sean Melvin a start in net over Nate Ingham. I will say this, that uh, Carlson Gonzalez is never afraid to rotate. Drew Becky didn't get a start in that game. He went with McDonald Niebuhr, so um Watch this space but I do think Melvin will get a chance to play before the start before the end of the season and maybe sooner rather than later we'll just keep an eye on that uh, let's go to the standings as we wrap up another week in the Canadian Premier League you can see Forge continue to march forward at the top. Pacific got a well-deserved weekend off after their CONCACAF travels, and they basically play the Atletico Ottawa this week at home, and next week we'll get to the schedule shortly, but that's going to be a cracking game before they go and take on Herediano of Costa Rica in the CONCACAF league. And the big story of all of this, Charlie, is the gap between 4th and 5th. That's right, 5 points and a game in hand. And with Cavalry hosting Forge and Valor playing you know, a game that you might think they could probably can win next week in Halifax. Suddenly, it might be even tighter this week.
2: Yeah, it's getting more interesting than I think I expected it to. And something that stands out to me here is Valor's goal differential. Uh, you know, they, they're one behind Cavalry, but they've scored, I think, the joint third most goals in the league. And they're, I think, third best in goals conceded as well. So right. they're, they're a little bit better off than Pacific and Atletico Ottawa in that sense at the moment. Which, in some cases, maybe suggests that they are not imposters in this playoff race, certainly oh. based on recent performances. So I think it is going to be interesting. Again, as we mentioned, Phil, this home stretch coming up will be enormous for them. They have to bank results there. Otherwise, it could slip away again. But they are definitely, definitely in this at the moment.
1: Yeah, we don't want to make sweeping statements, but it does appear like the top three are oh, gone, and I think pretty much a playoff team right now, and their bottom three seem to be done as well in terms of drifting away, and the storyline is now right there, smack in the middle of the Canadian Premier League table. Uh We'll wrap up the show by looking ahead to what is to come and an action-packed weekend next week. These games, of course, brought to you by CPR Predictor. And come on, your chance to test yourself against other CPR fans to win cash and other lucrative prizes. Just predict the scores and go to campiel.ca backslash predictor. Let's look at the games next week. And, of course, starts on Friday, in the come on match of the week at 9 o'clock Eastern, Cavalry against Forge. Recently played uh, a game that Kyle Becker's volley decided Forge in that one. Charlie, for the Predictor fans, you want to take a stab at this one?
2: Oh, Cavalry playing at home, really desperately need a result. I still feel like Forge are in really good form, so I'm going 2-1 to the Hamilton team.
1: Wow, there we go. Uh, Halifax, Valor, I will take a stab at this one, and I'm going to go with 1-1 uh, at the Wanderers Grounds. Halifax really need a reaction there to stay in this, uh, but Valor coming in with some terrific forms, so catch that one for a doubleheader on Saturday. Uh, Charlie, back to you for a tremendous game on the island, as well as Pacific, uh, maybe have one-eye on CONCACAF. Uh, but right now, uh, attacking-wise, are just flying, and this will be a fun game against Atlético
2: Ottawa. Yeah, this feels like one of those games where Pacific team can definitely trip up. You know, they haven't played since that 6 0 against Waterhouse. I think, I think I fancy Ottawa for a one-all draw here, though.
1: the road there you go another one one draw and we wrap it up on sunday at york lions at four o'clock uh where i pick another one goal win against edmonton and i'll take 2-1 york united and maybe some more cracking goals from di rosario watch that space for the golden boot race as he's definitely in it still only five behind alejandro diaz i know that's a lot but you can still quickly catch up with that one as well all right charlie it's been a great week next week four games to talk about and again Pacific marching into the CONCACAF League against Herediano. That'll be exciting. And we'll keep an eye on that as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. And by the way, we wrap up the show with our goals of the month. That's right. We ask you to decide who is your favorite on Twitter. You can always vote for the best goals of the month. You came up with your favorite three. And here are some honorable mentions as well. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week. God bless and take care.
0: effort again! It's into the back of the net! Jose Escalante! This time he's side.
5: Edmonton have got another! This is Matusula.
0: Gorgeous, nice adjustment. Piseas, a shot! And Piseas, a goal! They're on the squad, they've got options in different areas. Johnston through a third, a slip pass!
2: at the run Pacific Will. Dos Santos, on, he stands his ground, Dos Santos! Playing short circuits for a moment as Jensen is found, Pesillas, the supporter
0: sends the hat-trick, is on a touch, Women.
4: The first two with one by Pesillas, going to ground with palm stays with Forge, one year across for Becker, on the volley! Outside of the boot from Bustos down
0: for Daniels. Goal off goal. They're going to try to put it on. It's in the back of the net. A mistake from the Cavalry keeper, and that might be Marco Bustos' first of the year.
2: Well, you can see what it means to Bustos.
5: <laughs> it down. Ta Goal from Atlético Ottawa.
0: Becker! Is that an Olympic goal? Kyle Becker gets it done from the corner again! Speed from Schwenyer, the cross looking for Borges. Now Macias tracks that down, what a goal!
5: Wobens, Wow!